welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Joining me like every day of this series is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I'm attached to your arm. I can see this. Yes, I'm not letting go. <laughs> now, can I just start by saying... Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy yes. birthday <laughs> to you. you. She's mate, you look good for 50. <laughs> you look fantastic. Just by the way, peeps, that's what he did to me earlier in the year. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a long way from 50, all right? Happy birthday. <laughs> I'm, I'm further away as well. So. <laughs> but I'm getting closer. Thank you very much. No, no. It's good to share it with you today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we had some uh, cycling and we had an Aussie win today. What was that? <laughs> well, it's, it's a new thing I wanted to start. Jeepers, uh, you didn't look hard for it. I, mean, I thought we would have gone that. <laughs> now, uh, I got a klaxon for my birthday <laughs> and I decided to use it. That's like a little kid's horn on exactly. one of the you know, tricycle bikes. Or... I decided now that every Australian win we have, we're going to blow the horn. So let's go. This is the first one. Jeepers. Grace... If we have a bumper season, no, I mean, we're having awesome. a pretty good year. Grace Brown, amazing yesterday. She was brilliant. Yeah, she's, wow, she has been just exciting and dynamite for the last three weeks. Fifth in the World TT, which was a real breakout for her. Mm -hmm. And it really, you know, put herself against the best in the world, obviously. Second in Liège. Yeah, remember she was... Chasing uh, uh, Lizzie Dynan. And she She ran out of road, basically. And then she belted it. She belted it 18 kilometres solo. It was... Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen from Grace Brown. In that final lap, I just saw an opportunity when girls were attacking and then there was a bit of confusion and I just decided to attack and go for it. When I caught her, it was on like a cobbled climb and she was um, sort of, she tried to ride the gutter and then was struggling to come across and completely lost momentum. So I decided to just go around her. Yeah, I heard that they were coming across and I was getting time gaps um it was yeah it was sort of like the opposite of Sunday. That's Grace Brown. Do you know what I like about Grace Brown? It's also, it's one of those riders that is still very lively, but in the best stand of term, like it's, her interviews are still very fresh. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about it on my way in today about her victory and what you're saying about her. And it's, she represents this new generation. She's 28, by the way. So Mm -hmm. she's not young, but she's certainly not old in, in, in female professional terms because a lot of females, um, uh, sort of go longer than the men yep. and, and can sort of peak, you know, in their later years. But she's still relatively new to the sport. Five years in the sport. Yeah. You know, and, five and, whole years. That's that's from the start. That's not five years pro. That's from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And remember, we met her in Ballarat and she was showing her wounds. Yes. She had some massive yes. crush at the beginning yeah, of the year. Yeah, that was to Denmark or uh, yeah. Scandinavia last but year. But she had huge... She had yeah, she had a big scar on her arm. Yeah. Um, but she's... She's raw. She's fresh. You know, she, and the, and the example of 
what, I, what I'm trying to say is when she got interviewed post-Liège, mm-hmm. she said, yeah, I got to that second last climb. Um, What's what her is it? <laughs> yeah. La, La Like, What's she doesn't even know the sort of the – and I don't say it having a go at it. No, her. in a good – I best. say it in a nice way. She's like, oh, yeah, whatever that hill is, I've just got to get my butt over it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like whereas my generation or my – you know, I've been in cycling my whole life. And I'm and I'm not a, a nerd. I don't know all the climbs or everything. Uh, I know a lot of them, <laughs> but you know, you know, some of them I'll know every meter. I know, you know, the Murder Guamont, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas she might ride that for the first time, yeah, and, and, not and, and be impressed. racing over it and not be overawed by yeah. the whole experience or mm-hmm. the history of it. She won't care about the history of it. She'll just go, "I got to get my butt over it," and that's exactly what she did at Brabant's appeal, and she won. Absolutely. So super happy for the team as well because we know there's a lot of change, changes happening at uh, Mitchelton Scott. Yeah. Uh, of course, Anamik van Vruten is moving on. Amanda Spratt is at this big crash and you know she's, she's not having the best season so far. So she's sort of bumping herself up to be the super lieutenant in that team. Yeah. Maybe taking alongside what, you know, uh, helping Amanda Spratt at the co-leadership. Um, well, we're not too sure, but actually she's 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 demonstrating on the road she can be the winner for the team. Well, she can bring yeah, the trophies. Yeah, and I think what, what she's, just in these last three races, uh, she's showing this time next year, or well, mm-hmm. actually in six months' time when the season hopefully starts and we have a normal calendar season, she will be the leader or she will be one of the leaders at the Spring Classics. Yep. Not, you know, because Spratty will be the Ardennes. Yes. She's historically. But but look at what Grace has done. But she's won Brabant's Appeal and she's second in Liège. Are you thinking Roubaix? Oh, I'm excited about <laughs> Roubaix already now. Yeah. Like, imagine the confidence. And if I, I watched it last night, I, I, got, I just saw the last sort of 20 kilometres. And when she crossed the line and I was there, you know, excited like many other Aussies were and plenty of her friends and family I know were up watching – but um, Sarah Roy crossed the line and they sort of half hugged and she had to put her face mask on. Mm-hmm. Sarah Roy. Yeah. Like the team now, I think that they go to Paris-Roubaix with, wow. But look, got a look at chance. the Aussies in Paris-Roubaix because you've got Grace Brown, you've got Sarah Roy, yep. Lauren Kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're talking three of the girls that are potential winners. We and they're women that are pumped for it. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're not you, – like you get some guys in the men's side – over the years, go, oh, geez, I've got to do Paris Bay. Yeah, you too know. hard. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I have to do it. The team's told me I have to do but it. But they don't know the women. They don't yeah. always do that. Yeah, this is what's so good about it. But, you know, let's just enjoy this big victory. Absolutely. Um, and then on the men's side, Philippe won that race. Mate, what's going on? You know, you know, you know. over the years, and this isn't just Australians, and I don't know if you've heard this, just a little, the murmuring undertone uh-huh. about the French. And I love the French. I love you. You know that. It's like the French are arrogant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And we love Alain Philippe, but he almost did it again, didn't he? Yeah. He but... almost, well, he, he sat up, he definitely sat up too early. It was too close for comfort. The commentator was like, what's he done? <laughs> it was crazy. But, you know, he just wants to prove that you can celebrate and win after. You know, oh, that's what he wants to do. He's only just, and, and like, of all the people to have breathing down your neck, yeah. Matthew van der Poel, you know, all six foot, whatever of him. I it's, mean, that it's was... It's funny because after what happened earlier on this week, uh, or last week, he said, verbatim, this is the sort of thing you do once and you learn from it. You never do it twice. <laughs> well, he's n- he hasn't done it twice, but he oh, came pretty close geez. to it. Everyone. And, and reading, reading just the headlines and everything this morning and the tweets, and it's like... 
Well, it was some, they, I, I saw one quote. It was just funny. I can't remember it. But all the tweets, you know. But the dude, the dude is living on the edge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think there's a part of him, he just wanted to have that first celebration in the jersey. Yeah. In the in the rainbow, and and he sort of did the same salute, and he when he crossed the line, he was like, "Oh, Jesus, that <laughs> Again. was close." <laughs> it was sort of, but I think we're all glad he won, yeah, because he was he 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 did it perfectly, except that last bit. So it would have been really sad if he hadn't have won. Absolutely, and, and then the curse is broken from the oh, world go. Geez, so thank, that's good. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> the world can come back to normal. Yes. Um, okay, Giro. Uh, a surprise winner as well. We said it was going to be a very tough uh, stage, fifth stage with a with a big mountain climb in in between. Uh, and we never thought a time trialist could win that uh, yeah. th- that that, um, that stage. And Ghana did Ghana, in style as he, well. Ghana, he, he did Ghana. a Ghana. <laughs> he um, Felipe Ghana. He is the first Italian, I think, or is it the first rider since 2013 to win a time trial and a road stage okay. in the same year. And it was Vincenzo Nibali, by the way, okay. who did that. So all 83 kilograms of him mm-hmm. got, his, got his butt over that 24-kilometer climb. I've got hope. <laughs> yeah, we've all got hope, haven't we? But he's a, he, we knew he was a star. Yeah, He's just won the World TT. Um, and yeah. funnily enough, he, so that's very interesting, but uh, he had a text exchange with, uh, with G., Mm. Uh, the night before, and actually, Garen Thomas told him, "Yeah, go on a breakaway and win." Yeah. So if that was that easy, then well, we should, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was there. He was sort of helping Puccio. Yeah. And then in the end, he was trying to get Puccio into the breaks, his teammate. And then in the end, I think he said, "Hey, follow me. Let's go." They just went, "Stuff it. Let's just start mm-hmm. this or get across." So they sort of created the break. Um, it was interesting. And then what I found is the more talking point. Of, of his victory and how he won is the counter moved by Thomas de Ghent yeah. and followed by the young Neo Pro Rubio who from Movistar who followed de Ghent across. Now, Movistar, they had, was it Carretera in the move? Mm-hmm. They had him out in that breakaway. So Rubio sort of, he had the right to sit on de Ghent and, and the class of Thomas de Ghent, you know, you've got to be so careful yeah. how much work <laughs> you give Thomas de Ghent. But then once they, they crossed the gap, so it was the perfect move by Thomas de Ghent. Like he's, he just timed it perfectly. Rubio would not work, At would all. not do anything. Mm-hmm. And and that, for people that are not aficionados of cycling and just listening to this, that is a big no-no. If you're in a breakaway, you work yeah. or you don't suck the wheel for the whole thing. Well, he sucked the wheel across yeah. and that's fine. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to do that. Well, no, you know, that, what, that's gentlemen's. You go, I've got a teammate there. You're yeah. Thomas de Ghent. I'm not working. But Fine. Once, once this is established, yeah. And then, you know, you, you're fighting to, for the win. Yeah. You, you, you play ball. Yeah. And then at one point, I think it was Ghana sort of forced the pace before he even actually mm-hmm. got away. And de Ghent covered it or moved, you know, and then t- switched off. Uh, sorry, swung across the road. Rubio wouldn't come through. He wouldn't work. And I've got to say, I'm watching saying, I don't want you to win. Yeah. You don't good. actually deserve it. You're a Neo pro. Go and I'm thinking what are, what's the team saying in his earpiece? Mm-hmm. You've either got to go solo and win or don't win. Yeah. Like don't try. Because he effectively didn't try and Thomas again said and I quote, I made it my goal to not let him win. And he said I'm happy for Gunnar to win. 
dropped against one four grand tour stages. Yep. So he's got some in the bag. This young Neo Pro, I hope he's learned his lesson. Mm-hmm. But if he hasn't, he's going to learn it's going to be a hard road for him moving forward. Yeah, so I thought it, it was pretty poor. It's another tactical mystery from Movistar. Yeah, this, it is, it's another isn't it? one. You know, it's yeah, another it is. Norm, it's a bit blurry yeah. what they're doing, what's happening. Like, we can't I just can't read that thing. And look, he might not have had the earpiece in or it might not have been working so but you just sort of go, Come on, seriously? Yeah. At least try. And Degan said it, and he's right. I've got to back him. He said, I'm not a good descender, and he's right. He's not. And it was wet. So he said, if myself and Rubio had gone over the top together, he would have dropped me. And I said, he would have dropped me on the descent. He said, I didn't want him to win without doing any work. Mm-hmm. So he said, I was happy to let Gunnar yeah. go away and win. So, yeah, it, it was a strange ending in, to some degree. But Ghana just showed how good he is. Yeah, absolutely. And then also the weather. In that stage, because at some point it almost felt like they were riding in late evening. You know, when they went into yes. the forest, yeah, it looked so dark. Like you almost were expecting them to have a little red light. Yeah. At the back, <laughs> oh, at the no, back. it was yeah, it was a funny day, and I got to say, I'm surprised there weren't crashes on the descent. Yeah. Obviously, the road wasn't greasy, which was good because they mm-hmm. were flying down Pozzavivo. It was setting the tempo, even nibbly. But it just looked, the pace. It, it looked wet without the rain. Like it looked yes. very humid and. Well, it's October. Yeah. You forget. You f- we sort of forget every now and then. You're watching, thinking, "Oh, yeah, it's warm. It's summer. It's not summer. Yeah, it's well. And summer's well and truly over. Uh, even in the southern part of Italy. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting day. And just a couple of just just before we we move on, uh, a win for Ineos. Yeah. How important is that for that team to have that win? Because they are, they are the rubbish tour. So yeah. Rubbish Giro. Yeah. Uh, so rubbish tour de France. Rubbish Giro. Uh, how how important is that win? Yeah. Well, rubbish. To be fair, rubbish GC Giro. They 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 won the opening two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but so yeah, they're GC. When I say rubbish, is compared to their expectation. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't say they're happy with it. I'm just clarifying because <laughs> I know you'll get slammed for it. It's fine, slam me. It's my well, birthday. I said that Giro's rubbish. They've won two stages. Um, but no, no, it's, it's important not the for their morale. Yeah, it's important for their morale and for them only. You know, mm-hmm. we, they they're not they're not listening to the exterior noise. They 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 listening to each other in their four walls. So it's important for them. So it's someone like management. G, you know, someone like G, even though he's left, uh, does he still play a, a small role in in the team as, totally. a, as a captain, even though he's sitting in his in his lounge back in Wales? Yes. Is he still, like 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 we said, he exchanges texts with Ghana, he yeah. sort of coached him a little bit? Yeah. So he still plays a role. Absolutely. Even though he's not. And I'd imagine he'd be, you know, he'd be messaging a few of the guys, Kwiatkowski, mm-hmm. You know, one of the mainstays in that squad and most experienced guys, he'll be messaging them throughout the whole race, probably. So, no, no, guys like Garen Thomas, they, yeah, he, he, he will have a big impact and a, not a big say, but he'll, you know, he'll, his presence will be felt with that team for the rest of the Giro. Okay. You'd think. Anything else relevant from uh, from that stage? Yeah. Uh, we still have the same leader that extended the He did the extend lead. because Caicedo got dropped, so he lost time. He was only two seconds in arrears at the start of the day. So now he's got around a 40, 50-second advantage, mm-hmm. um, um, Almeida, Almeida, so the Portu- young Portuguese guy. So he's he's going well. Um, Peter Veening, who crashed the day before, yep. the old bottle that's been taking out riders mm-hmm. this year. Um he started the day. The team pulled him during the stage. Okay. Yeah, he was still suffering a little bit of dizziness. And, and I must say, I saw the vision of him um, after he crashed. And he got back up and he was a bit, you know, funny on his feet. There was an interview with him before the start of the stage. He sounded fine. And he was like, you know, 
I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But he obviously wasn't. So the team pulled him. So that's a blow to Nibbley. Because... Do you think um, 2020, and I know uh, Brady spoke a lot during the Tour de France about this, but yeah. do you think 2020 is the year where the cycling world will take the effect of commotion seriously? Yes, yes. In, uh, in cycling? Uh, of concussion, yeah. Of concussion, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. No, they will. I think um, they will. I think I think he, moving forward, there's going to be some ruling place. Yeah, it seems to be you know a pre twenty twenty, and then, and now it's sort of changed the approach on on. And it's on, the teams that are doing it. Exactly, they're the ones pulling the trigger. Like yeah. Trek have made this decision, not not the race organizer, mm-hmm. not UCI, and yeah. So, and, and look, in some ways, it is. It's up to the team. Yeah. To 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 make that call because they're closest to the rider, mm-hmm. and they can see, um, but that might be a stage where the official race doctor or an independent doctor will assess yeah. the riders post-stage. If they if they make it through the stage, they'll assess them and they'll assess them in the morning. But the teams are doing that anyway. Yeah. And it's not up, you know. But, but it's, it's taken into consideration a lot more than it was in your oh, days. Totally, totally. You, you day someone, in oh, your jeepers. day someone would just... The, the crowd fans yeah. threw you back on your bike and <laughs> yeah. pushed you up the mountain. Yeah, not even the team. The fans nah. were just... <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You, you didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was a it was a... You you weren't pulling out, um, and the other one, and this we've got a we got a how much how much time we got today? No, we've got plenty we of good? time. Okay. It's my birthday, mate. That's okay, cool. We've got all day. We're doing a long lunch yeah. afterwards. You realise? Oh yeah. We just can't we just can't sit anywhere. It's a long walk. Long walk sandwich. Uh, Luca Wackerman, the guy yes. that um, was taken out allegedly by the helicopter. I think we yeah. all know now. It's mm-hmm. pretty factual that it was the helicopter that blew those barriers over. He was a definite non-starter. Um, There's been echoing on the what's been happening with the helicopter because uh, Mark Madio in France yeah. was very vocal as Mark Madio always was he? is. Really, that's uh, unlike yeah. him. I, I don't, I don't know if he's the <laughs> points where he's not vocal. You know, it's a guy that walks into a room and gives his opinion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, Do we need your opinion now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, he, he gave his opinion and he said that the race organizers are definitely the people that are to be held responsible for this point. But he said the problem is the system because race organizers are the one putting the safety in place and are checking the safeties in place. Mm. There is no other independent, body, independent or... body that check the safety of the quality of the barriers or the flat path of uh, such and such uh, helicopter or the inflatables or anything else around the race. It's basically the people that put this in place that are putting the safety measures in place as well. And he mentioned that, for example, in other sports, like Formula One, for yeah. example, there's there's an independent bodies, there's the driver's bodies yeah. that are all together to check the safety. It doesn't happen in cycling. should yeah. it happen. So, and so on that, here's, here's a tweet from CPA, mm-hmm. the Professional Cyclists Association. We have talked directly with Luca Wackerman and will be at his side to get justice after what happened yesterday at the Giro. CPA has requested an investigation on what happened to the UCI. This kind of accidents are intolerable. Hashtag safety first. Hashtag we are the riders. Hashtag Forza Luca. Yeah. So Johnny Bugno is the president of the CPA. Remind me what does Bugno do, does right now? Yeah, he does a few things, but <laughs> he's commentating for Rye Sport. Which own the helicopters. <laughs> Which own the helicopters. So, yeah. like, tell me that's not a conflict of interest. No, not because so it is already, a <laughs> already we've been ear bashing CPA for a number of months. We have, as in you and I and other, other reporters and journos mm-hmm. and what have you, the cyclists have been ear bashing CPA. CPA headquarters, I'll remind all of our listeners. We said it before, but yes. Is in the same village as, as the UCI. Yeah, like it's a small door. village next door. <laughs> no. 
And guess who helped set up and fund CPA? Yeah, UCI. The UCI. <laughs> so seriously, if there's not a conflict here, I don't know what is. And, again, know, the- and again, they should take lessons from the Women's Association because it's yeah. a lot more... Uh, independent what that the, the, the men's writers association yeah. is. And, and you know I've just got a funny bit you know no. what else I've heard what? this is I'm pretty sure it's true Johnny Bunyo when he first retired he actually had his helicopter license <laughs> and he was flying the helicopters in the race this is true this is a true story so stop, stop, stop. seriously you couldn't make it up no. you could not make this up it's yeah. like um, but then on a serious note RCS who own the Giroditeia they also own in Lombardia, yep. one of the monuments. Remember that car, yeah. that stray car mm-hmm. that came onto the course? Now, I don't care. I do not care what the excuse is. It's a monument, mm-hmm. for God's sake. How long have we had these monuments in but the sport? It's not even a monument. It's a professional race. Yes. End of story. So it's... enough is enough. Enough is yeah. enough. I agree. Um, it's yeah, something's going And you guys done. don't see his eyes, but he's mean business. Oh, gee, I'm angry. <laughs> yeah, I just don't, chill, don't chill, get on chill. my wrong side today. I'll tell you what. Um, uh, anything else? Because uh, the Giro continues tonight, <gasps> uh, stage yeah. six. Deep breath. <laughs> Brent, calm down, calm down. Um, and then what, what's in the bag for tonight? Stage six of uh, the Giro, we're going to uh, Matera. You know that place? Oh, I know it. The year I rode the Giro, the only year we had a stage. I know we had a stage start from there, maybe not a finish, but a start. It is the, one of the most beautiful villages. Okay. Historical. It is, oh, so, if, if you travel to Italy, go to Matera. It's in the south. We're still in, we're still mm-hmm. right down in the south. It is such a beautiful uh, Little place. village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unlike uh, Robbie, you remember where you ride. <laughs> remember Robbie in the tour was saying, well, I don't remember if I went through it. He won a bucket load more stages and he raced the bucket load more too. So I'm just being I'll cheeky. forgive him. I'm still living off, you know, the one that I rode. <laughs> Talk to me about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is going to be a, a very interesting stage. Yeah, um, this is classic. This is classic flat Giro stage, right? A, just shy of 190. Mm-hmm. They climb up to... 1,200 metres, sort of soon it's, after the start. It's relatively decent. Yeah, um, yeah. Then they, they've got another climb, which isn't categorised, that goes up to eight 900 metres. Mm-hmm. And then it drops off for most of the day. Little Cat 3 with about 20 to 30 kilometres to go, four, four kilometres long, fine. And then no categorised at the end, but it climbs up into Matera. Yeah. So it's going to be an uphill finish, perfect for... Peter Sagan, perfect for Michael Matthews and D- Diego Lissi, who actually won that that, yep. that road stage, mm-hmm. um, the first road stage. You've you've certainly got to put him in the mix as well. There, there's two intermediate sprints as well in mm-hmm. there. We know Sagan is in the uh, leader's jersey for the points, but he's not been fighting in the intermediate sprints. But how important is this now for him? For the, because there's two of them uh, in between. He'll if he goes go for the them. win, will he go for the intermediate as well? He might go for the first one, maybe. Mm-hmm. He might. Yeah, it's interesting because his team have been doing a lot of work. We exactly. saw it at the tour. We've yeah. seen it already at the Giro. They've been the ones on days like this trying to get the sprinters dropped. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that uh, when we saw Bennett winning at the Tour de France, they were going for every single intermediate sprint mm, mm. and the win of the stage when they could. Yeah. It doesn't look like Sagan's got the same strategy. They concentrate on the, on the, on the win a bit less on the intermediate sprints or not? I reckon he needs to ditch the intermediate sprints. Yeah. Well... 
let's let's face it. What colours this sprint jersey at the Giro? Who knows? If you're listening, yeah. you know. Or yeah, be, so or, no one's answering. Or Bergen in the... <laughs> so it's got it's got nowhere near yeah. the the prestige of the green at the tour. A stage win is way more prestigious. Yeah, okay. Than than the jersey, and he's been trying so hard. We said how many days he's got without a win. Yeah, he yeah. needs a win. More, yeah, he more does. than a sprint. Yeah, yeah. so he's got it. And if he wins, doesn't matter. You get both. You then mm. get the maximum points. So I think he needs to ditch the two intermediates and just go all out for mm. the for the sprint finish. And even, and I'd I'd almost gamble. I'd gamble his team to not belt it early on in the day. It's a, it's 190 kilometers. It's a long day mm-hmm. to drop the sprinters and then you've got a ride tempo. I would bank on the fact that guys like Gaviria, guys like Viviani, who's not in great shape. Demar, even if Dem- he's in good. Yeah, Demar maybe. Maybe could be a danger man at the end. But roll the dice. Use your teammates at the end. Okay. Sagan, Sagan's the, one of the strongest sprinters uphill. We mm-hmm. know that. He knows that. Roll the dice at the end. Use your troops at the end. So don't don't worry about them early on. You know, worry about them. Use them to to stop keep the break from yep. getting away. But I wouldn't try and burn all the matches um, from the team early okay, on. So we're he's thinking, got to change his tactic. I yeah, think, absolutely. Because it so hasn't worked, has it? We're thinking uh, Sagan, Matthews, Ulisi. Yeah, I think so. Guys. Yeah, I think I think so. It's going to be a challenge for them to control it though, because mm-hmm. we're getting you know we're nearly a week in now. Yeah. Guys are getting tired. Teams are getting tired. Teams have lost riders already. So for the sprinters' teams to try and control this, and it's not an all-out sprinters' day, mm-hmm. it, it it actually could be a breakaway that wins the day as well. There we go. Stage yep. six of the uh, Giro. Anything else? There's a couple of other things. Uh, Tadej Pogacar. Yes. He's um, called it. Called the season. I think he's done enough. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> you reckon he has? Yeah. He was going to do Flanders. <laughs> yeah. But Nah, good call. Good call you, by the team. Do you think actually they decided no because he hasn't been able to win any of the classics so far and he's been at the pointy end but he hasn't had this extra oomph, this extra age to win it and they went, enough is enough. We he's, need to he, they next probably year. had a chat, you know, internally. Well, of course they have. And he's probably said, I'm not feeling like I'm punching the air. Yeah. And Or maybe or maybe he's saying, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And they're like, you know what, mate, let's... You still only 22. <laughs> he's signed five years yeah. with that squad. So they've done a good job so far, and that's kudos to them for, yeah. for calling calling Absolutely. his season. Um, another one, and this, this news came out, I believe, just after we yes. did the pod yesterday. This is really good news. Amita Matters, mm-hmm. the rule that has been passed in a lot of the other states, or all of the states, I believe, finally, the place where they actually originated this this uh, idea mm-hmm. 10 years ago is Victoria and finally Victoria the final state now it's been passed the meta matters rule and I want to emphasize on finally yeah, yeah. because it's been a long fought battle by all the all the advocates of it yeah and, and the, it was the Amy Gillett Foundation sorry that I yeah, should mention yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. that created and this we all know how important that meter is yeah and so yeah. I listened to a little interview and forgive me to the listeners and and to the foundation, I, I'm presuming it was the CEO um, of the Amy Gillett Foundation, mm-hmm. and he called up Mary Safe, uh, Amy's mother, and uh, they've been prominent. She's been a real prominent figure um, at a lot of the um, Amy Gillett sort of um, rides, the participation mm-hmm. rides, functions, events. She really has, you know, been front and centre. 
And she didn't know, and it was pretty obvious, she didn't know. And he's called her up on a Zoom call, and I watched some of it online. And she got emotional and then just, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't completely break down, but the emotion that came out of her, um, you know, it's been, it was 2005. Yeah. We lost Amy. Uh, and you, over time, you don't forget she's got this, there is this foundation in her name and it's super important, but it, I don't know what the right word to say is, but over time, no matter what, it probably dilutes. Yeah. This now just reinforces. Yeah, absolutely. All the hard work. The message. Yeah, the message. People like Tracy Gaudry. Yeah. She was, she was the um, CEO, I think one of the very first. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been a lot of people that have played a role in this. So kudos to all of those people. You all know who you are. Yeah. And, um, and also well they've, they've, they've announced a bit more um, cycling path be constructed as well. So yeah. it's all hopefully heading into the right direction. It is heading in the right <laughs> direction. And I've just got a funny one. Go on. <laughs> I've got a funny one. Our, our old mate, old mate um, that American bloke who didn't win seven Tour de France. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, saw, I just happened to, <laughs> I'm serious, I just happened to spot this. It popped up on my Insta feed. He's in Dubai. I don't mm-hmm. know what he's doing there. He's there, you know. Whatever. Promoting something. Yeah, promoting something and uh, hanging out with the shakes. So there's a picture of him riding on this bike path. And I've heard about this. There's like 135 kilometers of designated bike paths in the desert because, mm-hmm. of course, you want to go and ride in the stinking yeah, hot absolutely. 50 degree temperatures, right? <laughs> and he's like, wow, where else have you got 135 <laughs> kilometers of designated leans? This is awesome. And a Tour de France champ to boot. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, right, hey, dude. So someone has replied, a Dutch person has replied yeah. and said, hey, Lance, we've got 35,000 kilometers of designated paths and we've got a couple of Tour de France champs as well. Cheers. End of story. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, Funny. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining us, Maka. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, Let's go, let's go knock the top off a of champagne, huh? Yeah, Celebrate. go on, go on, go on, go on. Thank you. <laughs> this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral or log a rise with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the fitness app that turns indoor riding into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. All you need is a bike, a trainer, and the Zwift app, and you're ready to go. Explore endless roads, race riders from all over the world, and boost your fitness with monthly training plans and structured workouts. Join the world's training playground, where fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial.